there has been a lot of talk about this forerunner. I mean, everybody's talking about the forerunner or the pioneer spirit. But what is a forerunner? What is a pioneer spirit? Like, what is that? Well, one of the things that I've kind of seen is that a pioneer actually started the foundation of our country because they were not afraid to go forth. That's what we're going to talk about. My guest is Lori Suter, and let me tell you, in every sense of the word, she is a forerunner. So I am super excited to share what's on your heart because you just got back from a conference called Forerunner. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the plans and the purposes of being a forerunner. We're going to see what the Holy Spirit has to do. But Lori, thank you so much for coming on Touch by Prayer. This is going to be just an awesome, awesome night. Yeah, I am so excited and so honored that you asked me to be a part of this. Well, so, um, yeah, I, I feel like I'm still kind of buzzing just from the whole weekend. So I'm kind of excited to talk. <laughs> well, there was so much buzz about this Forerunner conference. Like it, it actually had, let's see, it was Ryan Lestrange, mm-hmm. Jennifer LeClaire, and Dutch Sheets, correct? Right. Yes. And in every sense of the word, they are Forerunners. Oh, absolutely. They're the four of the forerunners. <laughs> so much cutting edge. So mm-hmm. what? So let's just talk about it. Like, what made you even think about going to this conference? Because it was actually called Forerunner. Did you feel in your spirit that that's what you were called to do? Um, I think that at the heart of every single forerunner out there, I think there's an inner sense that just uh, stirs within them that they're, they're different and that they were made for more than your average, your average life, that there's a call there that it just, just pulls you, just pulls you in um, not the normal ways of traveling through, through the world. Um, and so, of course, you know, the name captivated me when I saw advertisements for the conference. Um, but then when I saw that it was Ryan Lestrange and Jennifer LeClaire, I was like, Wow, you know, they just they just inspire me. Um, I'm not really a big conference goer, but uh, there was something about this one that uh, just intrigued me. That that's just the best word for it. It just intrigued me. Well, from from basically, because you and I kind of talked before, and one of the things that that you said is that the, it was so different than any other conference you've been to before. Absolutely. I mean, I, I, I think I got kind of burned out on conferences a while back because it just seemed like uh, people would go to hear a certain speaker and to get a pep talk and then they would go home. And, you know, it's like you felt good for a few days, but then things went back to normal. And I was looking for something that would ignite a difference, something that would start some type of, of change. You know, that would be a lasting change. Um, That's what my insides were crying out for was I want to go home a different person. And I just had a feeling that that would happen here. Well, I mean, from what you said, it it sounds like it did because there was stuff that was was broken off of people. Plus, there was also I believe there was prayer for like I'm trying to think what you said. It was like emerging prophets, correct? Yes, there there was one one of the altar calls that I think was probably the craziest altar call, and it was so well received. Was when um, I'm not sure whether it was Ryan Lestrange or Ryan Johnson. One of them had uh, felt that God wanted to release the prophets and to break them, to break Jezebel off of the prophets, and to just call them out of their caves. And that there was something supernatural that happened during that altar call. There was such freedom that happened at that moment. You could literally, you could literally feel just something lifting off of you and that you were being uh, validated by the King of Kings. Like there was just this feeling of, of, uh, I see you. I saw what you went through. No, it wasn't right. I am calling you forth to be who I created you to be. And it was just, I mean, there were tears streaming. I mean, uh, I don't think there was a dry eye in the place. It was great. 
That's awesome. And and if you think about it, like for, for those people who don't know, we're going to actually have Nelson Schumann. But I think there's, there's going to be a couple of people who are going to come on. We're going to talk about the spirit of Jezebel. But mm-hmm. what Jezebel did is she actually went after the prophets. She wanted to destroy the prophets. So, so breaking off that Jezebel spirit was basically a release uh, of life, I think, to the prophets, correct? Absolutely, because I think anybody who's had a run-in with her ends up feeling like they have duct tape on their mouth. And you can feel what you want to say, but it's like you don't have permission to say it or like something just hinders you a little bit. And so it literally felt like duct tape got ripped off your mouth. Well, you know, that's very interesting because we were actually, I had a bunch of um, ladies that we were praying. We were actually praying for our country and stuff. And one of the things that I actually saw, and it was while you were in this conference, is I actually saw women with tape on their mouth, mm-hmm. which was really crazy. But it 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 was interesting because the the people who seem like they're talking the most, um, I saw them having tape on their mouth. So it was it was actually a freedom for people to actually speak truth, and that mm-hmm. that spirit, that lying spirit, was going to be muffled. So I think right. I, I think that something prophetically shifted at that conference because when you when you shared that with me, I was like, oh, okay, because I actually had that vision. I actually saw mm-hmm. a tape over um, people's mouths who were who were speaking injustices, who were speaking they were or speaking condemnation, and they were basically speaking judgment and just just hatred. And it was like, all of a sudden I saw tape going over their mouth. And, and so it's, it's a very different perspective to, to see people who have a voice, who have a message, who are, are actually getting free. Yeah. And the whole time they were, they were, uh, the worship band was playing ding dong, the witches said. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. Was so great. That's awesome. Okay, so 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 we go through so you go through this whole conference, mm-hmm. and you come back changed because I think that there are, are are times in our life that we experience something that's different. That when we mm-hmm. come back, we go, okay, things are different now. <laughs> right, right. So what did you what did you take from that conference? Well, what what was very interesting is that on the way to the conference, I was telling my husband, Mark, I said, I'm feeling really insecure. And I had gone through maybe three or four days of just feeling really, really insecure. And, you know, the year had started off and I had received these amazing prophetic words from people that I really respect. And there was part of me that felt like, like they were talking about somebody else. Like there, there was, um, there was like this really insecure part of me that just felt like they're talking about somebody else that, that just, it doesn't feel like me. It doesn't feel like my life. And I realized, um, as we were driving there that there, you know, even though I had dealt with anxiety and I had nailed that (laughs) and I had dealt with depression and nailed that, um, he was showing me that there's a little remnant of insecurity still left in you that needs to be dealt with. And so when we went into this conference and I saw, you know, Jennifer and Ryan and their boldness and the way they teach, there was something inside of me that was like, I used to be that way. Like I, it was like remembering I used to be that person. Like what happened to me? What, what dumbed down my voice? What made me insecure to, you know, confront and to, to say things that need to be said. And I think that was the biggest change was that through the teaching, um, it was literally like, you have to confront your, your Goliaths. You have to, I think we're coming to a point. Um, a lot of prophetic people are coming to the point where, um, they've gone as far as they can go right now. And God is raising the standard and, there's more, there's debris that is just remaining. You got most of it, but there's still a little bit of debris remaining that he needs you to annihilate in yourself so that you can move to that higher level of purity in his spirit. And so 
just hearing them talk about, you know, being offensive in, in prayer and understanding your authority and where you stand and not being afraid to address, you know, what, what needs to be addressed. Um, and then the altar call, I think it was literally like I came home and it's like, okay, I am, I'm ready. I am ready to, I I'm, gave myself permission to confront the things that need to be confronted again. Wow. And I, I think that God does that to us. I think he puts us into this position where he says, okay, let's deal with this stuff. Let, let's right. just deal with it. This is a safe place. <laughs> you know, I always mm-hmm. like to say that. If this is a safe place, but let's deal with this stuff. Because if this stuff isn't dealt with, it is going to stop you. Exactly. Exactly. And he does it out of love. I mean, he loves us so much that it's not a condemnation in any way, shape, or form that, you know, this is wrong, that you're entertaining or anything. It literally is, I have something better for you. And so let's, let's drop this. You didn't even know you were carrying it, but it's like a parasite that you don't know you have, but I see it. So let me take it away. <laughs> Absolutely. You know? Or it could even be like, mm-hmm. you know, if you have a pair of shoes that you've been so comfortable with, but they have holes on the bottom of the shoes. Well, God wants to take those nasty, dirty shoes off and give you a new pair of shoes because he knows yeah. that the terrain is going to be different. And if you have holes in your shoe, you're going to have issues. You're not going to be able to exactly. get through that terrain. Yeah, he's upgrading shoes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I have a feeling they're probably hiking shoes. <laughs> yes, yes, because I think that that's the whole thing. Okay, so so one of the things that and it it was so funny cuz you know, you and I spoke yesterday and we had this great conversation. We said, okay, this is what we're going to talk about. And then we, we actually both watched two different Facebook live videos, one with Jesse Berkey and one with Nate Johnson. And they were both talking about the same darn thing. They were both talking about the same thing. We were like, and I was listening and I was like, oh my gosh, this is so on the father's heart. One of the things that Nate said is he actually gave the description of a forerunner. So it mm-hmm. says, so good. A, I know. So, and uh, the forerunner is a person or thing that precedes the coming, precedes the coming or a development of someone or something else. So mm-hmm. if we think about it, like some of the, the synonyms were predecessor, precursor, ancestor, forebearer, prototype. Let's even look at that word prototype, okay? Mm -hmm. Sometimes somebody will build something and they have what's called that prototype. That doesn't mean that's what it's going to look like in the end, but it had to start at something. It had to become like what was seen in the head had to become visual. And I think that's what we're starting to do is God is giving us a prototype of what he wants his church to look like. I think he's trying to show us, okay, this is what we're going to do. You know, the pioneers, when they actually went out, they, they went looking for something new. They didn't know exactly what it was going to be, but they just knew they had to go. There was something inside of them that said, no, I, we, we have to go because if we stay here, if we stay in this place, we're, we're not going to make it. So we have right. to just throw it all and put everything into our wagons and start moving. Right. And so I, right. I think that's like one of the things that, especially like for you, you're like your prophetic gifting and also the way that you write, because you've, you've actually have written for the Elijah list for Facebook. They've actually picked up some of your stuff and like God is already starting to recognize the things that you're doing. So like what, what else do you see the father saying to you? Oh, wow. Um, I'm kind of. I don't know. I I really have no clue. I'm just kind of so just available and up for whatever he has for me. Um, and I have no idea. I mean, I've, I've had, you know, words given about writing books and all this stuff. And, you know, I've never had a desire to write a book. And so it's just, but I've heard it like six times now within the past couple of years. And so I'm kind of like, all right, God, you know, if you want me to do that, you're going to have to write it (laughs) more or less um, because I don't even know what it would be. Well, and that's the Um, whole thing. There's a prototype to it. Like there are people who have written books that that was, you know, that other people have built upon. 
because mm-hmm. they were the first. And I think that's the whole thing is that this new season that we're actually in, that we don't have to be afraid to be the first because we're actually not going alone. And, and, and I think that is, that is the key. And that's why I'm so glad that I'm seeing so much encouragement for the forerunners because it's a lonely place sometimes because you're literally uh, blazing a trail where nobody went before. And I remember years ago just crying because I wanted somebody to follow. Like I wanted somebody to lead me in the direction I felt God saying to go. And there was nobody. And, you know, he started to speak to me and he's like, because that's the road I want you to take. And, but it's hard because you don't, you can't walk in anybody's footsteps and you don't know what it looks like. And so you're literally leaning on him for, for when to turn left, when to turn right, you know, uphill, downhill. Um, but it's extremely lonely because you can't really relate to, to anybody else on the road because there isn't anybody yet. <laughs> well, I mean, even if you, if you look at the, the disciples, you know, Jesus had like 12 disciples, right? Mm-hmm. But there were only three of them who went to certain places with him, Peter, James, and John. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. Because yeah. they were the forerunners. Mm-hmm. See, Peter, Peter was the, was the, the forerunner for faith because he had such great faith. And John was a forerunner for love Wait, mm-hmm. because he knew, he knew how much Jesus loved him. And because he knew how much he was loved, he didn't, he, there was no fear in him. Yes. Because he knew that, that nothing bad would happen to him. He knew. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's like we start to see these different things. We're like, okay, so Lord, so what is it that, that you're looking for? And I think one of the things that I'm sort of seeing, and, and it's, not, it's not a rebellious spirit, because some people will say it's a rebellious spirit, but it's really mm-hmm. not. But these are people who are so fixed and focused on doing what God has called them to do that they actually don't listen to man. They yeah. just go. Oh, and, and you have to be. Yeah. You are sold out to his voice and to his voice alone. It's literally everything you do is for an audience of one, and you have to die to all fear of man. Absolutely. Completely. And and I think that's a hard thing because a lot of people struggle with that. They really. Oh, absolutely. So, and so we, so we look at like the forerunner as somebody who says, you know what? If God says go to the left, I'm going to the left. And if God says go to the right, I'm going to the right. And I don't care what I see and I don't care what you say. I'm just going Mm -hmm. to follow the voice of God. And I think that was more Abraham. Abraham was very much a forerunner in that respect Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. he went where God told him. Moses was a forerunner because he only went where he was told to go. Right. But I, but I think that this this new breed of forerunner has Twitter, has Facebook, has Instagram, yeah. <laughs> is, is yeah, socially Snapchat. like has Snapchat is so, is socially plugged in and is, and is going to take it's going to take people by surprise because they're infiltrating into their social networks. Oh, absolutely, and and they love people. Yes. You know, they absolutely love people and relationships are so important. And the whole tribe mentality, it's like, that was another thing that really stood out to me at the conference was the fact that I walked in there and I knew some people from social media. Um, and so it was such a cool thing to actually meet them face to face. Um, but there was this feeling of family that I haven't felt anywhere else. It was, it was absolutely amazing. And I thought, this is a taste of heaven. This is exactly what heaven will feel like. Because there, what, what stood out to me was <clears throat> there, there was no condescending looks from anyone. And that's hard to find in a group that size. Like, you know, when somebody's walking by and there's that little, you know, eye up and down, you know, snotty look from random people. There was none of that at this, at this conference. There, and when somebody got a word, there was such excitement, you know, for that person getting that word. And it's like everybody's accomplishments were celebrated, you know, and it, there was this team 
mentality that was just beautiful. And like jealousy didn't exist in that sphere because everybody was honored for their piece of the puzzle. It was beautiful. Well, it's interesting that you say that because when we actually, there were some people from Facebook who got together to go and watch Dave Hayes go on Sid Roth. And when we got together, these different people, some people who have been on my show, some people who I just knew through Facebook, but when we actually got together, just like you said, I actually called it like a love bubble. And I actually Mm -hmm. said to myself, I said, this is what heaven's going to be like. Because we just sat with each other and we, we were so happy to be with one another. And it was, and it was crazy because you think to yourself, gosh, I don't know these people that well, but yet my spirit knew them. Absolutely. And I think that's the, I think that tribe mentality, and I love that word tribe, because Mm -hmm. the one thing about a tribe is that everybody in a tribe has something to do. Nobody sits. Exactly. Everybody has a job and everybody's important because if one person in the tribe doesn't do what they're supposed to do, the tribe fails. That's the way the tribe is set up. That's, that's the beautiful part. See, in our society, unfortunately, we have a me mentality. So it's about mm-hmm. me. Let me do it. Yep. I'll do it. No, you, you know, I, I got this. I got this. No, I got this. See, in a tribe, right. it's like, can you help me? <laughs> exactly. You know, it's like out in the world, it's literally like you're looking out for number one and yes. everything is focused on what's going to make my life better. But when you're functioning in a way, heaven designed it, you are literally saying, how can I serve you to the people around you? And you're, you're pouring out and it's not you're not looking over your shoulder and seeing how you're being slighted or who's getting a better deal. There's none of that at all. It literally is all about just honor. Yes. It's beautiful. And and that's the other thing too about a forerunner. A forerunner doesn't look to the left and doesn't look to the right to see what the other forerunners are doing. They're Mm -hmm. just going to where they had to go because that was their destination. That's where they're supposed to go. So they can't look to see what other people are doing. Because nope. they, they have to have their eyes locked. That's right. Jesus. That's right. And so it's it's going to be interesting because I feel like, um, I almost feel like there's about to be a shotgun <laughs> that's going to go off into the air. And it's almost going to be as soon as we hear that shot, it's going to be like, Psh! everybody goes. Like everybody just starts to move. Everybody starts to do what they're mm. supposed to do. Mm-hmm. It's like we've been preparing and we've been preparing, but it's like we're yeah. about to get that shot, like, go. And that's yeah. it. And it's going to, it's just going to be beautiful. It's going to be beautiful yeah. because where, where we're going to, where people, different people are, are heading, they're taking back territory <laughs> that has been stolen, that has been confiscated by the enemy. So right. I, I believe that there are forerunners that are even going to the churches. That are going to oh, start to change In fact, churches. to be honest with you, I think I, I know so many people who have gone through church hurts, and mm-hmm. they aren't currently going to church mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. And I have felt, and I even went through it myself, and it's like there, there is just this sense that, you know, you're getting healed and equipped to go back in in some way. Yes. And to, to take what you've learned back in, yes, you know, kind of like, you know, cross-pollination, you know, with bees. It's just like you're going to take an aspect of God that you've learned and you're going to, you know, implant it um, back into uh, this, this institution that is sick and doesn't even know it's sick and it's going to bring life. And, you know, it's, it's going to be the opposite of a cancerous growth. It's going to be a life growth, you know, and like a little atomic bomb set off. Oh, it's yes. It's going to be amazing. Yes. And, you know, it's going back to like when I was kind of talking about the apostles. One of the things about the apostles, they constantly moved. They they went mm-hmm. from house to house. They went from place to place based on where the Holy Spirit was taking, telling them to go. And, mm-hmm. and what was crazy is that Paul who probably was extremely well-versed in in Hebrew, was sent to the Gentiles. And it was like he was doing something so foreign. He was going to territory that he didn't even understand because it would have made Mm -hmm. sense. It would have made so much sense for him to go back to the Jews. 
But see, God mm-hmm. had a bigger plan. Right. He had a bigger plan. So that's the one thing about this, this forerunner and these pioneers, that this is part of God's plan. This is to get oh, his, his kids back. That's what I feel. I feel like yeah, we're, on absolutely. A, we're on a search and destroy mission. <laughs> we're like, yeah. you know, we're like the SWAT team. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. And you know, what's funny is that I remember thinking probably 10 years ago, um, sitting in the church we were attending, and I was thinking, you know, there is going to come a time when um, the churches trust God for the income to come in without forcing church membership, because people are going to be fluid, and they're going to be able to go to this church because it's gifted in this teaching, and then we're going to go here after a year because this church is gifted in something else. And I think there's going to be a lot more movement in the body of Christ among the churches. I think the walls of division between churches are going to come falling down, and I think there's going to be a lot more migration. And I think that, you know, the pastors of the churches are going to be forced to kind of uh, raise their faith a little bit in just knowing that whoever shows up at their church that Sunday is going to, you know, give their offering, and they're going to be covered. But it's not going to consistently come from the same people every Sunday for years and decades and centuries. I I completely agree with that. And it's very interesting because I don't believe the church was ever founded to be that way. Like, I, I don't, I think that like these apostolic different centers, like you have some friends, I have some friends who have these apostolic centers. So they're basically moms and dads who want to raise up children. So they teach them, they equip them, and then they send them out. That's what we're mm-hmm. supposed to do. We're not supposed That's to be right. sitting in pews. Sorry. Like, exactly. I know that upsets people. Look, there, mm-hmm. there are some people who are not meant, <clears throat> excuse me, they're not meant to go out, right? It's just, mm-hmm. it's not, it's not who they are. But there is a purpose for them. There is a purpose. Absolutely. And I think that sometimes we, we say, well, I, I can't do this or I can't do that. So I'm just going to sit. And God's like, no, I mm-hmm. want you to move. I didn't create you to sit. I created you to move. There has to, and, and so I think it's also going to, the forerunners are going to cause people to push into themselves to find out what they actually are called to do. Absolutely. And, and once people find out what they're called to do, it's like we need to stop judging other people because they're not called to the same thing we're called to, or they don't feel as strongly about something as we do. It's like we need to stop the religiosity and just let people do what they feel God is calling them to do. You know, look, look at yourself in the mirror, look at God and, and work on you and stop condemning everybody around you, you know? Absolutely. And, you know, this this whole movement, this forerunner movement, I mean, this is basically, I kind of, it, it's interesting because, like, I didn't come from this background. I came from a, a Catholic background. So mm-hmm. all this stuff is so new. So when people say, well, you're part of the remnant, I'm like, what the heck is the remnant? <laughs> you know, what is the yeah. remnant? Oh, so it's like the yeah. crumbs. It's the crumbs. <laughs> it's like it's <laughs> like the, the little bitty things that you didn't think got picked up, but they're still there. And yeah. so and it, and it could feed people. <laughs> even though it's just crumbs, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but it's going to feed people because there's nothing left. And it's like, (laughs) and so, so there's this, so there's this remnant, but I think that there's a forerunner remnant that's coming forth. And I think what, what God has kind of been showing me and just kind of hear this out because I, I've heard him when I've, I've prayed over certain individuals, I I've heard that they're actually old wine, their old wine that is being poured into a new wineskin. And it's like some of the people who have gone before, the evangelists from the 1800s, you know, the Smith Wigglesworth mm-hmm. and these, mm-hmm. these people who did this incredible stuff, they didn't finish everything mm-hmm. that they were supposed to do. Mm-hmm. So that old wine is still there. And I just feel like God is just saying, put your glass out and I'm going to mm-hmm. fill your cup with an old wine because if you really think about it like in the natural what's the best wine it's not a new wine it's an old wine Mm -hmm. and I Mm -hmm. feel like he is saving the best for last 
just like what Jesus did when he went to the to the wedding and he did the water into wine and they said you save the best for last i think that's what he's doing with this new outpouring this forerunner this pioneer this this remnant it's all the same thing it's something to be excited but more importantly it's something that is going to change things it's going to break things and it's going to open things right absolutely so like, Absolutely. so let me just ask you a question. Like, what are some of the things that God has kind of been showing you? I mean, there has been, I, I hate to go political, so we're not going to go political. However, like you, you can't avoid the, the big elephant in the room <laughs> because it's, it's kind of sad, but there's something inside of me. I'm kind of happy about how dark it's getting quite honestly, because I think we're just going to shine brighter. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, I, I see, I just, I completely stay out of that whole thing. I just, I don't feel any desire to, uh, choose a side or voice my opinion at all. It's literally just a distraction to me away from where my eyes should be. And so I try really hard not to, not to turn on the news too much or, or anything like that. So unfortunately, <laughs> well, no, because no, because I think that if 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 you're if you're paying attention and if you're feeling things in the spiritual realm, you can mm-hmm. you don't even have to put on the news. Mm-hmm. You can you can hear the clashing, you can hear the battle. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. If you're talking spiritual, yes, I'm I talking think spiritual. That, <laughs> oh yeah, I think I think that things are are coming to a head, but it's almost like the tension is. Uh, a really amazing tension like or the rumbling that's happening is a really amazing rumbling and so while the 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 ground is shifting under your feet and you feel uncertain and you can't really get anchored you're supposed to be anchored in him and so you're still secure um but i have the feeling that it's just going to i think i think we're going to see amazing things um come out of this because He's really good at at doing amazing things when it's the darkest. I agree. I definitely agree. And the other thing is like, you know, if if we go back to that pioneering spirit, right? Mm -hmm. This pioneering Mm -hmm. spirit. Isn't it it just like God to send out his pioneers (laughs) in this like very crazy tumultuous time to – to go back to start to rebuild? Because that's the other thing about the pioneers. You know, they went out, they had their wagons, you know, and they had babies while they were out on the road. So they were actually, they were, they were birthing things. They were growing things. They, they brought new crops. They brought new ideas. They, there was so much new that came from, from this like forerunner pioneer, excuse Mm -hmm. me. And so it's like, so all these different things, it's like, I'm, I'm seeing such a, a, a difference. I'm seeing such a different shift, even in the body, like even in the church. Mm-hmm. Like there are people who are like, hey, let me just go out and love on these people. Hey, yep. let me just do this and start showing like love and compassion and, and empathy and, and just like really just changing how people are starting to to interact with people. Because I yeah. think that's the other thing too. Like you were talking about at your conference that there was so much interaction. Nobody was like sitting on Facebook or like tweeting things, right? They were pretty much involved with each yeah. other. Yeah, exactly. And so, Exactly. So it's like, you know, you were there for what, three days? Is that right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah. three days, no Facebook, no Twitter, no nothing, but just actual conversation with people. It, sometimes mm-hmm. it's interesting to see how people interact who don't on a daily basis. Yeah. Because yeah, I, I, true. I think that it, it starts to, it, it really starts to get you to, to see people's eyes again, to, to feel their hearts again. And I think that Mm -hmm. like one of the things that you said, Lori, was that this is a love mission that Mm -hmm. God, it's about like loving people. That's really what it comes down to is this love. That's right. It's not about ministry. It's not about platform. It's not about titles. It's not about promoting our churches. It's about the fact that the creator of this world 
loves you <laughs> and he wants he wants to have a relationship with you and that's that's at the heart of it and you know i've seen so many lives change with just that simple revelation when somebody realizes that they matter and that they are seen and heard and they have value and that they have a purpose in this world it it just it it breathes life into them and it doesn't matter who they are And unfortunately, uh, most of those people, you know, well, not most, but a lot of those people are sitting in churches right now, and they need to know those things, too. Well, that's one of the things I think God is going to do, too, Mm -hmm. is like, um, what was the the movie? Um, War Room, okay? Mm -hmm. So the movie War Room was a clarion call. And it was to to get intercessors. It was to call out intercessors. And it was so funny mm-hmm. when, when the Lord started to talk to me about that. He's like, this was a movie to call out my intercessors. I was like, wow, you're so smart. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. but I think that some of the new movies that are going to be coming out, especially The Shack, is going to start mm-hmm. to call out the heart of the Father. Yes. Yes. And, you know, as you were talking about uh, the world and it being a love mission, I, I was reminded of the movie Tomorrowland, which is one of my favorite movies. And I don't know if that's Disney or not. Somehow it is. I think it's it Dis- might be. It's Disney with George Clooney. Yep. Yeah. Uh-huh. And that movie is so symbolic of our world and how we get consumed by fear and we stop looking for the good and we stop building and we stop breathing and we stop living and hopelessness sets in. But all it takes is somebody saying, dare to dream again, dare to imagine this place full of life. Imagine green grass again and flowers blooming. And it, it, it just starts catching again. And that movie was just so amazing as far as, you know, at, at the very end, you know, they, they send, they send those, um, well, they were robots. I'm not sure. But um, but they send, it's almost like the missionaries being released mm-hmm. back into the world to bring hope. And it's like, that's where we're at. It's like we are missionaries of hope into the world. Absolutely. I think that's, that's a, a great way because hope brings a change. Like if you're mm-hmm. hopeless, you just kind of, that's it. Game over. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and I think that so many people have had such um I guess it's like a wrong understanding of God's heart because they're they're so quick to um and, and this goes, you know, for all denominations. But they can only see they can only see the bad. They can't see the good. But like one of the things that you just said was dare to dream again. That is yeah. Those are powerful words. Yes. And, the- and that was Jennifer LeClaire's. That was her whole message mm-hmm. uh, the first night of the conference, which was amazing to me because I had written that word, I have a dream, at the very beginning. It was January 1st I released that. Mm-hmm. And it was so amazing and inspirational to hear Jennifer literally, like, say, in, you know, in the same just those words of dream wild. God has great dreams for you. You know, agree with him, take the limits off your thinking, you know, uh, what crazy ideas is he giving you? You know, ask him, take time in prayer and ask him what his dream for you is, you know? And it's just like, we, we need that. It just, it just, it's just so inspirational and it just can change your whole view and how you see tomorrow, how you see next week. You know, and all of a sudden you can start planning again um, instead of just trying to survive another day. It's it's very interesting because there is um, Martin Luther King had that sermon, had that speech. I mm-hmm. have a dream. Okay, yeah. what I mm-hmm. I just found out is that he actually said it at church, and somebody heard him say it at church. Wow. Yeah, I just I just heard this. So he actually said it at church. And so somebody who was sitting, who was listening to him have this, who was, he was doing a speech and he said, tell him about your dream, Martin. Tell him about your dream, Arthur, uh, Martin Luther King. You tell him about your dream. So he mm-hmm. started to talk about this dream. And he started to, he started to dream. But more importantly, he started to prophesy. 
into a vision mm. that mm-hmm. God had shown him. That's the thing. We sometimes think that the words that we speak don't matter, but they oh. matter greatly. We are creating the world around us with the words we speak. Yes. And so what he did when he said, I have a dream, he saw it. He actually saw it in his Mm -hmm. head because it was a vision of what God planted. He was a forerunner. He was a forerunner. (laughs) And so what he did is he spoke it out. He spoke Mm -hmm. it out. And as he spoke it out, it started to germinate because what it did is it actually, it, it, it planted a seed. It plant just like you said, it planted a seed of hope mm-hmm. in the African American community. It planted mm-hmm. a seed in the in the white people who thought that this was such a great injustice. There was mm-hmm. a seed that was planted. And the one thing about when God plants a seed, it will come forth. It will bloom. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And sometimes all you need is that initial thought that is oh, that is a different way of thinking than the way I've thought in the past, which was that Sheets' message at the conference, which was the word repent, um, actually in the verse he was talking about, actually translates into think differently. Yes. And he said God is calling us to think differently, that he's going to call us to see things from a different perspective, the same issue, but from a different perspective. And he's going to call us to go back into some things that we have you know, previously written off or already made a conclusion on, and we are going to have to reassess that and allow him to change perspectives on things. Absolutely. I mean, look, even if you go back, go through history, think about the things mm-hmm. that were said. The Declaration of, of Independence, right? The Preamble of the Constitution, yeah. We the People, mm-hmm. in order to form a more perfect union, right? To provide justice. Mm-hmm. I'm, trying, I'm going to Schoolhouse Rock right now. <laughs> 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 to provide, wait, uh, We the People, in order to form a more perfect union, um, provide justice oh, and, and, and it's life and liberty for all uh, and justice for all. There was something there was something in the preamble to the constitution mm-hmm. because the constitution was a bunch of, of of different laws and and different thoughts the right to bear arms the freedom of speech separation of church and state so those were just those were okay those were the uh, the the precept upon precept of what they wanted to do but the preamble it started it it started the beginning of it the beginning of the change you know when we came to America, we were forerunners because they were mm-hmm. breaking away from religion. That's the purpose mm-hmm. for them to come here was for religious mm-hmm. freedoms. Right. You know, there there were um, Harriet Tubman who, who ran the Underground Railroad. She was a forerunner because she saw that what was happening was an injustice. Right. And the Lord showed me, he actually, there was one day I was talking to somebody and I, I actually went back. I, I, I really saw, I saw like slaves and I saw them and they were singing spiritual songs and they were picking cotton in this field. And I, and I heard them singing out songs to the Lord and the Lord said, do you know what they're doing? And I said, they're worshiping you. He says, no, he says they're prophesying their freedom. I went, whoa, whoa, think about the songs that, that the, the old Negro spiritual songs, they were prophesying their freedom. Now, cut to talking to my son, who is uh, 17 at the time, we start talking and I share this vision with him. And he said, well, you know that those songs were actually to tell people about the Underground Railroad. I go, What? He goes, yeah. He goes, they would sing in the fields to tell people where the Underground Railroad was so they could get freedom. I go, get out. Yeah. (laughs) Get out. Wow, I didn't know that either. Yeah, this is well, this is what they're teaching in school. I was like, are you sure? He's like, yeah. So um, you know, Pastor Gary Fishman, who's been on my show, he wrote a book about Harriet Tubman, and he said she was a prophet. She was a prophet because of the things that she saw in her head. She just, she started to move on. There were times that, that she saw something getting, getting captured. She saw herself getting captured. So she didn't go that way. She didn't do something. So there, there is something inside all of us. And that's, that's what I'm trying to get to. 
if, if you go back through history, every single one of us is capable of becoming a forerunner. There are mm-hmm. people who their family never went to college, but you did. You went to college. You're a forerunner. There are people who weren't like they didn't have a good mom or dad, but you mm-hmm. are a good mom or dad. You're a forerunner for mm-hmm. your family. Absolutely. And, and that's, that's be- go ahead. <laughs> um, I was just going to say that I think that's another hallmark of most forerunners is the fact that forerunners are birthed from uncomfortable situations. There's usually an injustice or some situation that is just absolutely wrong. And they feel it through their bones that this shouldn't be this way. And, you know, Christian forerunners carry God's heart so that they can actually say, okay, well, this is, this is the, what, what God wants to do in this situation. And so when they start to, to be able to see what God wants to do in this situation, they're, they're compelled and propelled to step out into it because it, they want to change it for the future generations. That's perfect. That's so perfect. And I think that's, that's the whole thing. Like what you said is out of that, that place of desperation, that place of frustration. I believe that's where the changes come in. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. I, and, I, and, and we don't like uncomfortable situations at all. You know, a lot of times we, we run for the pain relievers or we try to, you know, just do whatever we have to do to relieve the tension. But this is another thing about forerunners is that forerunners don't retreat. They go through that resistance. They break through it. And that's what makes them a forerunner is that they just burst through that resistance rather than retreat and stay sedentary. Well, and, and I think the, the whole thing about this whole forerunner is I believe that, that God is calling out his forerunners. Mm-hmm, absolutely. I, I just think that, and I, I believe that there are a lot of people who are listening today who are called and who are forerunners, but absolutely. They, just, they just haven't gotten it yet. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so you have to think about like, what are you doing that's different than other people mm-hmm. are you misunderstood mm-hmm. that's 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 something right there if you're misunderstood if you're doing things that are righteous well let, let's just clarify it that way <laughs> so if you're doing yeah. things that you believe are right but other people don't seem to understand there's there's possibly that forerunner inside of you if there's something Absolutely. that you're completely passionate about but you just don't know how to get to it like there are a lot of people who have such a passion for injustice. Well, then mm-hmm. God wants to use you to be a forerunner to, to bring justice. So you, right. you might be the first person in your family to, to be in law or, or to be even a policeman. Right. And here's, here's the thing, though, is that along the way, you are going to have to know which voices to listen to and which voices to silence. Because there will be those naysayers along the line that say, you can't change the world. It's just the way it is. You know, don't bother trying. You can't fight City Hall. You know, all these these sayings that have been tossed around throughout the years. And it's just like, you have to realize that if you have Christ in you, with him, all things are possible. What is not possible with man is possible with him. It is no longer us living, but him living through us. And because of that, that makes all the difference in the world. Absolutely. I mean, think about the and things. So, think about the things that you've done that you didn't mm-hmm. think you could do, but because God pushed you just a little bit. Yeah. That you did oh, it. Oh yeah. Yeah. This is this is definitely a season of being thrust out of your comfort zone, but it's it's so worth it. When once you literally face that thing that you're afraid of. And you say, I'm not going to let you intimidate me anymore. That's when dreams start coming true. I agree. I definitely agree. And it's funny because I, as you started to say that about being pushed, I actually was seeing baby birds being pushed out of the nest. (laughs) And the whole purpose, the whole purpose for a baby bird being pushed out of the nest is that if they weren't pushed out of the nest, they would never learn to fly. Exactly. They would not survive. He's changing our view of love, too. You know, he is bringing balance to what love is. You know, love is not about, 
you know, just uh, tolerating and uh, not saying anything if somebody's doing something wrong because you love them. You know, no, he's he's bringing forth a confrontation and a challenge that is totally based in love. And so, yes, that baby bird, like that mother bird wants to see their baby thrive and fly and soar, you know, in the sky. And it's never going to if it never leaves the nest. And so is that lack of love that nudges them out of the nest? No, it's a desire to see the younger generation thrive. And so we as mothers and fathers in the faith are going to have to know when to confront and when to um, nudge, nudge the, the sons and daughters um, in the right direction. And then it's going gonna, it's gonna to be taught, you know, with this new breed that that is love. That is absolutely love to say there's a limit that you can't cross here, you know, out of relationship. And, and, you know, yeah, <laughs> so I'll say about no, that. no, no, keep going, keep going. <laughs> I just, I, I think that, um, I just think that there's a season coming where confrontation is not going to be a bad word. I think, I think we are going to be forced to confront things in the spirit realm that need to be confronted. And I think they have been allowed to run rampant because people don't want to confront. I agree with that 100%. Absolutely. We're walking around on our tippy toes, for gosh sakes. Like, seriously, mm-hmm. there are certain things that need to be dealt with. Yeah. that And that, I think that's, you know, um, I always I always try to say things in a loving way. But, mm-hmm. you know, look, if somebody if somebody has something, I'm going to be the first to tell them you got something. And, and mm-hmm. it's so funny because our, our natural the person's natural response is, no, I don't. That's there are mm-hmm. every single part. And it's so funny. I'm like, I was talking to somebody today and they were trying to figure out what's wrong. And I said, well, you still have some unforgiveness. They're like, no, I don't. And I was like, okay. I go, you sure? And they're like, no, I don't. I definitely, I'm not mad. I'm, I'm okay. I'm like, okay. <laughs> within 10 minutes, within 10 minutes, the person was mm-hmm. like, I'm so angry. I'm so angry at that person. I was mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. hello. There you go. So that's yeah. that's one of the things is we start to call things out because that's exactly what I did. I called it mm-hmm. out. And mm-hmm. when something is called out, it has to. It has to say it's there. It has to, yeah. especially if it's done by the spirit. Like when you mm-hmm. call something out, it it has to. Because if you look at what Jesus did, when and I'm, and I'm just going to say this, but when Jesus walked through the cemetery and there were the two men, the crazy men who were naked, cutting themselves with rocks, as soon as he entered the cemetery and they saw him, they immediately shouted to him, why are you here? It is not your time. What do you want with us? Because when I think when, that, when light meets darkness, there is an explosion. Mm-hmm. And something has to yield, and it's always going to be the darkness, mm-hmm. because Absolutely. you can't have a little bit of you can't have a little bit of light, but you can have a little bit of dark. Yeah, yeah. I think I think we have gotten so overly sensitive in this world that we are so afraid to offend that we don't say what needs to be said a lot of the time. And I think that God is raising His church up and maturing them to the point where we realize that, you know, we are all warriors on the same team and we have the same goal and we have to start thinking the best of each other. And so, you know what, if your fellow soldier, you know, to the right of you bumps into you in the course of battle, you have to assume, okay, they didn't mean to do that. You know, they obviously tripped or something. You know, you you have to think the best of the people that are on your team. And I think we've become so hypersensitive that we take offense at everything. And I think God is going to go after offense in this next season. Oh, I, I, de- well, I think that's what he's dealing with right now. Oh, mm-hmm. tr- trust me, all this stuff, this is just shaking the church. Yeah. Like, oh, you, you, you have a problem with this. Let, let's shake this up a little bit. Like, let's, let's, yeah. let's look at this differently. 
You know, yeah. you don't think mm-hmm. you have racism? Hey, let's just shake this up a little bit. Really? Mm-hmm. Because I think that's that's what we're seeing right now. This is a shaking. This is a waking and a shaking to mm-hmm. to make the church understand, ooh, do I have issues with this? Do I have a problem with this? Because mm-hmm. if I do, you need to like shake this off of me. Yeah, we need to come to the point where we want to be free of all hindrances. Absolutely. And do you know if your brother or sister sees that you have something on your back and you don't see it, you know, we need to come to the point where we want them to to be honest with you and say, hey, that's there because you want it off so that you can run free and unhindered. Yeah, but so many people are like, no, 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 it's okay. It can stay. Yeah. (laughs) I've had that, you know. Hey, do you want me to pray for you? No, I'm good. Oh, okie dokie. (laughs) Yeah, on his timing. Yeah, oh, yeah. He has to bring them to a point where they're ready. You're like, really? Okay, we're good. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and I think that that also is, is part of that, like, that spirit that's inside of you. Because you're like, dude, like, let's get rid of this. And they're like, no, you know, maybe. And it's like, because they haven't gotten it. They haven't caught wind of it yet. They yeah. haven't caught wind you know, of, we, of what God can do. And we all have our stuff. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? It's Heck only yeah. the wanting to, uh, you know, uh, maintain the the image of illusion, the illusion of perfection that makes us want to act like, you know, we have it all together. And it's just like, let, let's be humble and admit that, you know, we all have our issues and nobody's perfect. And so let's just deal with our crap. <laughs> well, you know, and that's, that's the other thing too. How much stuff are you willing to put out there? How mm-hmm. real can you actually be? Yeah. Like, you know, somebody once said to me that I should never tell anybody that I get sick. And I went, what? <laughs> and they, they said, well, people look to you as somebody Mm-mm. who has great faith in, in sickness, so you can never say that you get sick. That shows that. Yeah. And I was like, really? And so I, I believe that. I did. I believe yeah. that until the Holy Spirit yeah. started to deal with me mm-hmm. and said, listen, you, you can't be, you can't lie about that. You have to be, because that's one of the biggest things that mm-hmm. the enemy will use is he'll try to sequester us and say, yeah. no, no, don't tell anybody. Don't have anybody no. pray for you. Because authenticity is where it's at. Absolutely. And so he'll it's be so like, true. don't say anything because you don't want people to know that you're not perfect. <laughs> yeah. You know, what, you know, what's really funny about that is I was a youth group leader uh-huh. um, a while back. Uh, and I remember I was like a new leader and I had, you know, there was probably, oh, I don't know, 10 other leaders. And I remember they were, they were trying to help me with my small group. Um, before we started. And they said, now make sure that you don't tell the kids any of your problems because you're there for them and they're not there for you. And I looked at them and I just, I mean, inside I was thinking, you're nuts. You're absolutely nuts. That's not how you build true authentic relationships with people. You know, these are not, these were senior high kids. And I'm like, these kids are capable of compassion and empathy. And you know what? They're capable of functioning as adults and they're capable for praying for me. And how can I expect them to open up and share their heart with me if I won't do it with them? And so I absolutely disregarded all of their suggestions. And I had the most amazing small group at that church. I mean, I was in some of the girls' weddings, and it's like they're, they're still in my life now. And that was a long time ago. And it was because it built relationships that lasted because they truly mattered. It was no, just not something to do on Wednesday night. It was relationship building. And that's what God's after. Well, I think that's the whole intimacy thing. See, yep. if we don't become intimate with people, if we don't become real with people, if we don't share stuff with people— then we're we're not going to have that closeness. We're not going to have that intimacy. And I think like when we when we go to the Father, there are so many people who don't actually want to be intimate with the Father. They they just go down like their list of stuff mm-hmm. and say, Can you do this? 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 And then when God says, Yeah, I can do those things, but let's deal with that over there. And you're like, No, no, I got that one. <laughs> 
you know, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll just take care of that. You don't need to worry about that, Father. I'll, I'll take care of that one. You know, he wants it all. He doesn't want just some. Right. He wants everything. Right. So I, yep. I, I think that's going to be the that's going to be the shift that we're going to start to see this season. I think as these um, as these pioneers and forerunners start running, <laughs> running for the lost. I almost, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, I almost see it like a relay race. It's almost like they grab somebody and they like hand them to somebody else who then hands a it baton. to some. Yeah, like a mm-hmm. baton. And they just keep handing yeah. the person until the person is completely, totally healed or crosses mm. the finish line. I love that. Because love it. that's what we're supposed to do. This is not, this is not a one man race. <laughs> no. No, this is a, this is a race with many, many people. We're going to, we're actually going to be helping each other to, because there are some people who have deliverance. There are some people who have words of encouragement. There are some people who have words of knowledge. There are some people Mm -hmm. who really flow in these gifts and in such tremendous ways. It's like, why, why would I start doing something like that when this person can, can do that so much better? But my gifting, I, I have such great compassion. So let me just like love on this person. And then I'm going to mm. do the deliver, give the deliverance to somebody who really has a passion for that. And I think that's like the whole where it's like, you know, some of the hands and some of the feet and some of the eyes and some of the ears and some of the nose and, mm-hmm. and, and some are even like the fingernail. I remember there was there was a, um, some, a pastor who said, he said, if you don't think that you're important being the fingernail, he said, rip mm-hmm. yours off and see how much pain that hand is in. Oh, oh. <laughs> Yep. That hurts. Yep. That's what he said. He goes, if you don't think being a fingernail is important to the body of Christ, he Ooh. says, don't have a fingernail and see how much pain your hand is in. And I thought, mm-hmm. wow, that's mm-hmm. impressive. Because mm-hmm. every single thing that we have on our body helps us and protects us. Our fingernails Absolutely. protect us. Um, our Absolutely. eyelashes. I mean, everything, even our belly button. Like there's a purpose for the belly button. Like, like every single thing on our body has a purpose. Right. And I think that's what God's going to do is he, he is purposing in, inside the forerunner's hearts for his bride. Right. And I think everything, everything flows out of that intimacy with him. Absolutely. It, It just seems that it's just such a call to intimacy with him and to make sure that you're spending time in the word. Yes. You know, and praying in the spirit and just it, that's vital. That's like number one before anything that flows out of that. Absolutely. So Lori, before we leave them, I I just wanted to see, would you mind saying a prayer to call out the forerunners and the pioneers? Oh, sure. Sure. Father God, we just ask that you send your Holy Spirit out through the airwaves and that you start encouraging and calling forth the forerunners that are listening right now and show them that they have a definite purpose for your kingdom. And I just ask that you woo them, you woo them into your heart and that you woo them into a closer relationship with you and you start speaking to them as they dream and you start giving them supernatural dreams and supernatural moments. And you just show them the plans that you have for each of their lives and that what part they play for your kingdom. And I just, I just ask that you ignite that forerunner spirit in your forerunners in Jesus mighty name, just blow fan the flame so that it spreads. And draw them close to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Woo. I got hot. How about you? (laughs) (laughs) You. (laughs) Well, this was was fun. Yeah, I agree. This was a lot of fun. So let me ask you a question. If people are interested in sending you an email, how would they do that? Yeah. Um, Well, uh, they could send it to truthseeker24 at AOL.com. Can you say it one more time, please? Truthseeker. Seeker 24 at AOL.com. Awesome. So if you guys have any questions for Lori or if you would like her to pray for you, you can send a an email to truthseeker24 at AOL.com. You can also send it to us at Touch by Prayer. 
It's actually askask at touchbypair.com. So also, Lori is going to, I think, I'm hoping that she is going to be at our women's conference, correct, in March? I'm planning on it. Okay. Unless unless something happens. Well, no, Jesus isn't returning, so we're going to be there. (laughs) We got stuff to do. We got stuff to do. So if you guys are interested. I think it's going to be a good time. It is going to be completely uh, life-changing. So if you're ready to mm-hmm. to pick up your torch and to start running, Ooh. you definitely want to start, um, you want to sign up and sign up now <clears throat> for the Women's Conference, Daddy's Girls, Walking as a Daughter of the King. You can go to touchbyprayer.com for more information. So Lori, thank you so much for coming on. This was a great show and you had so much awesome, awesome insight. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. I had a good time. Well, I hope that you guys have been blessed and I hope that the forerunner in you is starting to beat. And I just, I just hear like heartbeats actually quickening because God is calling you and he has purposes and plans for each and every one of you. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you guys for tuning in. Just remember to go out and touch someone. Good night.